Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Kevin Gallagher, the General Manager of Payments at Abacus Next, a software provider for legal and accounting professionals. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Hey, Ari, I'm doing great. I really appreciate you having me on the podcast today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So tell us about your background and your role at Abacus Next. I'm definitely a payments nerd. So most of my career has been spent in the payments industry, about the last 25 years or so, working at a couple of big payment processors. One was First Data, which is now called Fiserv, and the other was JP Morgan's Chase Payment Tech, another big payment processor in the industry. But really, my last four or five companies have all been more smaller to mid-sized PE-backed payments or SaaS companies that have payments processing component to them. So I love getting into these software companies, SaaS companies, and helping them build out the payments infrastructure, help them develop the strategy around payments, and then obviously execute that and, and help that grow throughout the organization. So that's really my role here at Abacus. I just joined the company in December of last year and coming on board to help Abacus build out that payment strategy, integrate that throughout all of our platforms and help get all of our clients set up to be able to do integrated payment processing. What trends are you seeing with payment processing in the legal industry? Kind of interesting. I mean, COVID had a big impact on the payment processing industry, like it did many other verticals. When you think about pre-COVID, a lot of the firms had clients, had their customers in the office. Employees were in the office doing day-to-day activities. So when COVID hit, all of a sudden, you didn't see your customers anymore. It was all done via web and phone and, and video conferencing. You also didn't necessarily have employees in the office that could manage the billing and the checks coming in and the invoices coming in. So I think COVID definitely had a big impact on pushing more firms to go to electronic payment processing. Instead of the traditional mailing out or emailing out invoices, taking paper checks, et cetera. So that was a big push over the last few years. But the biggest trend that I'm seeing right now, Ari, is that more and more firms are moving to what I'll call integrated payment processing. And that integration is with their practice management software. So traditionally, a lot of companies have a practice management solution. They may or may not be using it for their billing and invoicing and payment processing. They might be using a third-party company like Intuit's QuickBooks, for example, to do invoicing and payments. They might be using their local bank to do their payment processing or a third-party payments vendor outside their platform. So really what we've seen over the last year, two, three years is companies starting to use their practice management solution for everything, including the billing, the invoicing, and the integrated payment processing. So definitely a trend that's really been heating up. You see a lot of the practice management solutions now offering integrated payments or their own payment processing solution. I think that trend will will more than likely continue over the coming years as well. What are the benefits of using a law firm's practice management platform to accept payments? There's lots of benefits. I mean, if you think about like the first case I explained where they're using a solution like a QuickBooks or the local bank for processing. So you're going into the practice management solution. You have your invoicing and your billing in there, but then you're going to an external solution and sending out payment invoices to accept payments or receiving payments back from that solution. 
Then you're having to go back into the practice management software, find the invoices, select them, select that they've been paid. There's a ton of manual work involved in that, especially the billing manager who was ever handling that in the company is probably spending hours every week just going back and forth between the practice management solution and the third-party external platform and reconciling invoices and reconciling AR, figuring out who's paid their bill, who hasn't, and then following up with collections on people that haven't paid. That's a lot of work to do on, on two or three separate platforms and a lot of redundant processes, a lot of rekeying of data back and forth. So if it's all self-contained, there's a tremendous amount of time savings. You're using your practice management solution when you're ready to bill Kevin, your customer, you can just click on a button that invoice gets emailed out to Kevin. He can open it up, click on it and insert his credit card or ACH or whatever they're going to pay and process that transaction in a matter of seconds. As soon as that happens, that information's automatically coming back into the practice management solution. It's marked that invoice paid. It's going right to your AR. And guess what? The money's in your bank account a day or two later. So not have to worry at all about any of the manual processes involved with sending out invoices, receiving the payments back, marking those completed in the AR, in the practice management solution. And again, just a tremendous amount of time savings. How can law firms control the costs associated with payment processing? Cost is the bad word in our industry. No firms like payment processing expense, right? It's one of the biggest objections you get when you talk to a firm about moving from traditional paper processing of you know, paper checks to more of an electronic processing, especially as it relates to credit cards. So I think, I mean, the first thing is really to make sure companies understand like why they pay a fee for credit card processing. Okay. If you think about it, when a customer pays their bill, you as a firm are getting your money from that credit card, typically, let's say a day or two later in your bank account. Well, that customer doesn't get their bill to pay for probably 30 days. They may or may not pay their entire bill at that time. They may pay it off over several months. And so it's really, you're paying for the ability to receive the money right away, even though the consumer hasn't even paid for that transaction until maybe 30, 45, or 60 days and beyond. And so you're paying to get that money right away. The second thing to think about is the fact that most of the money that comes out of that credit card transaction fee does not go to your payment processor. Whoever is setting you up to do the payment processing acceptance, they're actually receiving a very small portion of that overall fee. The vast majority of the fee that's paid goes to the issuing bank. The banks that issue you and I and others, you know, our credit cards on our wallet, they are going to get the vast majority of that fee that's paid because they're taking on the most liability. If for some reason you charge a bunch of money in your credit card and you default on that payment, you don't ever pay it, it's an unsecured line of credit. So the bank basically just has to write that off. It's not like your mortgage where they can come back and take your house or your auto payment where they can take your car. So they are taking on a big portion of the risk and they receive most of the money that the firms pay for credit card processing. The second group is Visa, MasterCard, American Express, and Discover. As the brands, they also take a pretty good chunk of the fee that's, that's paid. And then the last group is that your credit card processing company, whoever's helping you gets the remaining piece of that. So just want to make sure that people understand like why they pay that fee, where the money goes. And it's definitely a big expense in the industry. And there's definitely ways to help reduce that expense as well. 
One other thing, Ari, I forgot to mention on the last section, okay? When we're talking about pricing, I talked about how pricing works and I talked about who gets the money, but there's one very important thing I'm sure every firm wants to know is like, how do they reduce their payment expense? And so I just, if you don't mind, I'd like to just touch on that for a moment. Number one is absolutely leverage ACH and e-check. So when you are sending your invoice to your customer, make sure they do have the option to pay via ACH or an electronic check. By doing so, the money's going to come right out of their bank account. It's going to bypass, obviously, the Visa MasterCard rails. And the cost for ACH is incredibly cheap. I mean, it might cost you a dollar, maybe $2, but compare that to a percentage fee on a Visa MasterCard transaction and the cost savings are tremendous. So as much as you can, well, number one, make sure you're absolutely allowing the acceptance of ACH and e-check. And as much as you can try to have your customers pay via that. The other thing that's starting to become a lot more common in our in the legal industry is what we call convenience fees or surcharging. And this is the ability for a firm to pass on their credit card processing fee to the end, their end customer. You might see this today when you go and pay a bill online, especially if you're paying like any state bills, like your driver's license fee or state taxes. Anytime you go to use your credit card, they're typically telling you that there's a fee associated with paying via credit card. And that's typically a convenience fee or surcharge that's being added on. And what that allows, it's not necessarily great for the customer, right? Because the customer is paying an extra cost, but it offsets the expense that the firm would have on accepting that credit card transaction. So that's starting to become very popular. And I think it will continue to become popular over the coming years on firms that are especially hesitant to accept credit cards based on the cost structure. Are law firms concerned with the security associated with accepting electronic payments? Yeah, security is definitely a big issue in the payments industry. There's something called PCI compliance, payment card industry compliance, which essentially is all of the card brands, Visa, MasterCard, Amex, and Discover all got together and put together a set of security standards that everybody in the payments industry, all merchants, all payment processors, any vendors involved in payments have to be PCI compliant. If you're not PCI compliant and anything happens from a data breach perspective, you can get in big trouble. You can get some big fines or have your processing revoked. So with that, the most important thing is that firms are not storing, transmitting, or processing any credit card data on their systems. So if you're using a payments company today, hopefully you're using a solution from them that allows the credit card data to be input on their secured server. So this might be like a little window, like an iframe window, or a little box that comes up where the customer thinks they're probably entering it on your site or within the practice management solution, but they're actually entering the credit card data on the payment processor's secured page. And with that, that means the firm or the practice management solution doesn't capture or store, maintain any of that card data. When the customer submits the transaction, it basically sends all that data straight to the payment processor. And then they typically come back with a token, a token that is stored in the practice management software. It can be used anytime you charge that customer again. And you can even set that up for recurring billing. So again, that solution is very important to make sure that if you are accepting payments, you're doing that on a system that 
removes that that card information from your practice management solution or anything you do from a firm standpoint. At the end of the day, that way, if you ever did have a data breach, there's no data there. If they steal a token, the token is essentially meaningless and there's nothing they can do with that. So the data security is very important. How are law firms adapting to flexible pricing models beyond the billable hour? We're seeing a lot more firms go to um, like a flat fee pricing. So they might charge the customer a certain dollar amount per month that would cover any essential legal services that they would do for that client for the month. The good thing about the payment processing acceptance is you have the ability to set up that customer with recurring payments. And just like you do when you are paying your utility bill or your phone bill, they're just going to charge your credit card every month, right? A certain dollar amount. Firms have the ability within their practice management solution to say, all right, I'm going to charge my customer, Kevin, $1,000 a month every month on the fifth of the month. And that's pretty common nowadays to set up as a billing structure. The other thing is retainer fees are common. Having a retainer fee and then having those retainer fees topped up when they hit a certain amount. And then lastly, there's a lot of like payments, flexible options coming out. So I'll give you an example. Like one is called a buy now, pay later. So let's say it's a pretty large bill and let's say it's $5,000 or $10,000 that your customer has to pay. That might be difficult for them to pay all at once. What a buy now, pay later option does, it allows the consumer to finance that transaction with the third party. So essentially, they finance the transaction and they can pay off that bill with the third party over the course of several months instead of having to pay that all at once. At the same time, the firm will get all of their money right away. It's a great solution. You'll probably see this a lot more if you're even on consumer shopping on retailer sites nowadays. You see a lot of like buy now, pay later, even on things that are 50 or $100, but it is starting to become more popular in the legal industry as well. The other thing that's being set up is a lot of installment payments internally within the practice management solution. So you can do something very similar to the buy now, pay later, but essentially what you're doing is if Kevin's bill is $10,000, you might let Kevin pay in five installments of that or 10 installments, and you can set up within the practice management solution to build them at whatever increments or installments you would like to have set up. So lots of flexibility in terms of how firms are charging customers that's really occurring, as well as lots of flexibility around how customers can pay the firm for their services. Do you expect the use of cryptocurrency to become a mainstream form of payment for law firms? Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, it's all the rage, right? Every time you open up the paper, you see something related to it the press around it. But honestly, Ari, it, it, almost everything around cryptocurrency right now is related to the investment of it. I mean, just people buying it, people selling it, people holding it, the value going up, the value going down. At the moment, there's very little payments being made via a cryptocurrency to a retailer, to a law firm, to any company. Not to say that can't grow over the coming years. It, it could. But in most cases, people are buying Bitcoin, for example, and they're holding it as an investment tool. And it doesn't necessarily make sense for that consumer to pay somebody in Bitcoin versus, okay, so for example, if they had to pay a law firm $1,000, like there's not really a reason they should pay him $1,000 in Bitcoin 
knowing that that Bitcoin, $1,000 in Bitcoin could be worth $2,000 a month from now versus paying $1,000 in USD cash. And that $1,000 is worth the exact same or close to it a month from now. So we're not really seeing the usage of Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies from a consumer to paying a retailer, paying a law firm, paying a service provider yet. But again, keep an eye on that. That could change. The, I, I think the only firms that I've seen that accept cryptocurrency today are firms that actually practice in the legal side of cryptocurrency, right? So they're kind of wanting to show, hey, I can help your business figure this out from a legal perspective, but I better make sure that I can accept it just so I can show my experience surrounding that. Those are really the only firms that I've seen accepting them so far. The other thing to keep in mind, and I'm not the, the legal expert on it, but if you're a law firm and you accept cryptocurrency, there's a lot of legal and accounting issues you've got to figure out. And every state is different. And man, it's, it's very complex. So just do your research, make sure you understand the legal rules that each state has in relation to accepting cryptocurrency, making sure you understand it from an accounting perspective, depending on if you're holding that or selling that, what you have to do from an accounting perspective. It's very complex. How do you see payment for legal services evolving? There's a lot of new products and services coming out or fairly new services from a payments industry that I think can hap- that can help legal firms. Different methods of payment. Okay, We talked about cryptocurrency and that, that could be one that rises up over the coming years. But current solutions like Apple Pay and Google Pay, for example, I mean, it's really important that if your consumers are getting an invoice from you and they're paying that invoice, I guarantee a large percentage of them are getting that invoice and making the payment via mobile phone. So with that in mind, offering something like an Apple Pay or Google Pay is incredibly useful and convenient for the consumer. Instead of having to fill out all the payment information, instead of having to fill out their bill to address information, another email address, all of that stuff, they double click on their phone and boom, payment is made. And from a firm perspective, that comes through just like any normal credit card transaction does. So there's a lot of cool alternative payment methods or ways to pay that are coming out like that. The other is features like the account updater service. So if you're a law firm and you work with customers more than once, maybe you bill these customers every month or multiple times a year, account updater service from Visa, MasterCard, Amex, and Discover will automatically update the card on file. So the token that you have for that customer, it will automatically update that card on file if the customer ever changes their credit card or if the expiration date, if it expires, it will automatically update the expiration date. And so really what that means is that you can continue to bill that customer without interrupt, especially if you have those customers on a recurring payment where you're billing them every month on a certain interval. It's really tough if you do that and then all of a sudden the payment fails. You then have to reach out to the customer, get a new payment method. It's not easy to do. It takes some time to do that and a couple customer service calls. So account updater is another one that I think you'll see more and more law firms adopt as they move more towards recurring payments. And then I mentioned earlier, like the buy now, pay later or alternative financing of transactions, especially I know we have some law firms that have very large invoices. And again, if you're a consumer and you're not quite ready to pay a $25,000 invoice, these kinds of solutions can be great for both sides of it. Embedded financial services, I think too, Ari. And what I mean by that is 
what you'll see, especially with all the practice management solutions right now, it's mostly about credit card processing and, and ACH processing and all that. But I think you'll see more and more practice management solutions offering other financial services within the platform. These could be things like a buy now, pay later would be considered in there, but it's also things like payroll or card issuing, okay? Like a virtual card or a physical card for that law firm to use with their employees when they make purchases. So card issuing, it could be a small business financing. We have different customers, firms that maybe need some financing to help them throughout certain slow periods of the year or with additional cash is necessary. So there's other platforms outside the legal industry, you know, platforms like Shopify, for example, and others that really have done a great job of offering other financial services that are needed by their clients. And I think you'll see that in the legal industry over the coming year or two. Again, as I mentioned at the very beginning, with firms going from the evolution of not accepting electronic payments to accepting electronic payments to doing everything within their practice management solution, their billing, their invoicing, their payments, et cetera, more and more firms are looking to have really that practice management solution provide everything they need from a business standpoint, from a day-to-day standpoint. So that's definitely one trend that we're seeing in the legal industry coming up pretty quick. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Kevin Gallagher, the general manager of payments at Abacus Next, a software provider for legal and accounting professionals. Kevin, thanks so much and wishing you the very best of luck in your new role. Thank you, Ari. Appreciate you having me on today. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.